All right. Welcome to the Extended Minds podcast, everyone. Welcome, Anna Gannon. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you for the applause. <laughs> All right. So Anna started out her morning with a nice little morning routine. Can you kind of break that down what that is? Yeah, sure. So I was explaining that I have um, two young children. So seven years ago, I switched my routine to be this exact thing. I wake up every morning at 5.45 a.m. So trying to get an hour before my kids wake up. I walk into the kitchen. I put my toast in the toaster. And while it's toasting, I drop down and do 11 push-ups. I don't know why it's 11, but it evolved to that number over time. 11, and 11. Then, exactly. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was intuition. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and then I come and sit on this couch. And I eat my breakfast while I read one of the five books that I'm reading at the time. And I meditate for, it's usually between 10 and 20 minutes, depending if one of my kids runs out and all of a sudden interrupts or jumps on me, which is always just an extension of the meditation. But yeah, that's been my routine for seven years. What book are you reading right now? Right now? Oh my goodness. So I'm reading The Mastery of Love, which is written by the same author as The Four um, Agreements. I am reading, oh my goodness, what are the other names? Thinking Fast and Slow, which is I'm rereading that one. Um, I'm rereading uh, the eight simple, eight simple Tools of Physics, I think it is. And then another one that is an energy book. And then it's Deep Something. I can't remember the full title. I can visualize them all on my desk right now. But yeah, those are four. There's a fifth one in there. I can't even keep track because I'm constantly switching them. The mastery of love is at the top of my head because the last three days I've been really reading that. So, yeah, it's interesting, that you, it's interesting that you reread books because I don't think many people would do that. There's many um, nuances that you can miss or like you can catch on to you know, mm-hmm. by reading well, stuff. So. Yeah, the thing that I listen, there's many books that I read that I would not read again, right? That I'm like, oh my goodness, I just got to get through this because I have an agreement with myself that I have to finish a book if I start it. Uh, But the books that I reread are the ones that are so packed with information that I know if I go back and read it again, it's going to feel like a totally different book. Because every time that we read a book, at least in my experience, my perspective, we come as a different person to that book. So a book that you've read, right, like five years ago, when you come to it five years later, you're reading it from a totally different viewpoint. So the language, how you're absorbing the information, it's just going to sound so different and you're going to get so, so many different um, benefits from it. At least that's, that's my experience. Yeah, same. Yeah. There'll be some books I don't even understand. And yeah. then <laughs> I'll still read it because I also make agreements to myself, like, okay, I need to finish this book. And then maybe within a year, then I'm like, did I just become smart all of a sudden? (laughs) 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 Yeah, The Power of Now. I don't know if you've ever read that book, The Power of Now. But that is a book that I'm constantly telling people, like, if they ever tell me, I read that and it didn't really resonate. I'm like, oh my goodness, go back and read it again. I'm telling you. I have read that book like 10 times, probably over 10 years. So maybe once a year I read it. And it, every single time, it blows my mind. It's such a powerful book. That, that's definitely one to reread. Interesting. So can you introduce yourself to people, like what you do? Um, sure. So we can get an idea of who you are? Yeah, for sure. 
So my name is Anna Gannon, as you explained. I live in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is actually where I was born, uh, which is so weird for me to say because I never thought that I would come back, but here we are. Uh, I am an intuitive psychic and I am an energy work and intuitive development coach. And to unpack that a little bit for you, I use words very intentionally. So I call myself an intuitive psychic for a very um, important reason. One, I identify more as an intuitive than a psychic. But every time that I tell someone I'm an intuitive, it's always followed by a question of what does that mean? So <laughs> I always say I'm an intuitive psychic because then people understand, okay, it's similar to being a psychic, but it's not exactly the same. So I say that I'm intuitive psychic and I do readings for people. And then I also teach people because my, my kind of viewpoint on the work that I do is that I don't really want people to, at the end of the day, need to come to me for guidance or for insight or for intuition. I truly believe that every single person knows how to tap into their in intuition, knows how to work that muscle and can go do it in their own life. So that's why on the side, I teach it. I train people so they can learn how to do it. So then they don't need to keep coming to me, you know, even though I love to talk to them all the time, but I want to empower people to make their own choices, to tap in with their intuition and to use that as they kind of go out into their life. So that's, that's the broad overview of what I do. Lovely. <laughs> so when you say readings on people, is that like you're reading their energy? Are you like, what is the reading? Yeah. So again, uh, so words are going to be limited when I'm trying to answer this, but I will do my best. So when I read people, and just so you know, I was a total skeptic of any of this stuff. I mean, if you would have asked me over seven years ago, if I, you know, believed in psychics, I would have said no. If you would have asked me that I believe that people could see energy, I would have said no. I, I really was a skeptic. Uh, fast forward to now, right? I have had experiences that I absolutely cannot deny that exist. So when I read people, I use all different faculties, all different tools with intuition, because intuition to me in my experience is not just one aspect. Intuition is broken down. Well, first the definition is to, um, to understand something immediately without conscious reasoning. So to receive intuition is to receive something without needing your brain, without needing your mind. So when I read people, I tune in, yes, to their energy, connect to their unique energetic imprint or signature, whatever you want to call it. And then I receive all this information about them. So I'll see things, I'll hear things, I'll know things, I'll feel things, I'll feel actual things in their body as they experience it. Um, their family will show up, <laughs> living or past. I'll know things about, you know, their siblings, their parents. It's it comes, it's not in um, a linear sense that every time I tap in, I can, I see parents or anything like that. It's whatever comes, I just receive. And then I give that information to the people in front of me. One of the things that is really strong for me is I try not to ever give advice in my readings. And instead I give insight because to me, I don't ever want to tell people what to do. And I don't want them to interpret the information that I'm receiving as advice that they should you know, that I know the choices that they should make. Instead, I want to empower them to make their own choices to use this information that they now have to then go and take it, you know, just as you would take information from like a textbook to go make decisions for yourself. It's the same thing. So very similar to what we would understand as psychic readings, 
again, I'm just, um, I'm a little hesitant to call myself just a psychic because of obviously the past and a lot of the things that have come with being a psychic with like con artists and scammers and cold readings and hot readings. Even I'm sure you've seen on my Instagram, so many fake accounts <laughs> of yeah. me that are scamming people and are really, unfortunately, really getting away with it. Like I get DMs all the time. People send money to these people, you know? So there's this real big misconception that are on how psychics operate. So that's why I have those two words together, the intuitive psychic. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> oh, it did for sure. <laughs> And then as a kid, were you intuitive or is this, and did that get shut off as you grew up? So like, as a kid, can you describe like what that was to be intuitive and then yes. how, mm -hmm. what shut it off? Sure. Yeah. Great question. Um, so as a child, so I'm the youngest of seven children. So we lived in a house with a bunch of kids, which now I can look back and say, oh my goodness, that was a lot of energy right, to kind of <laughs> be dealing with. And I guess the way as a child that I dealt with that is that I was never in the house. We lived across the street from this wooded area. This what I believed to be a forest as a kid. Now I look back on it, it's a lot smaller than a forest. But I would every morning, I would just wake up, put on my muddy shoes and go across the street and spend the entire day in the woods like sitting by the water, climbing trees. I love climbing trees, swinging from rope swings that I would create with the rope, um, sitting on rocks, probably meditating, what we call meditating now as a child, I would just sit there. Uh, and I would always be able to sense how people felt, right? I always kind of had what we some people call intuition, sixth sense. I remember being able to experience what other people were feeling in their bodies or I would definitely see things like when I was playing make-believe with my friends or and everything I would actually see people around I remember my best friend once reminding me of a story a few years ago and she's like don't you remember when you saw that guy with the top hat and I was like oh my gosh yeah and now when I look back I'm like oh I think that was a guy that was like past and I'm thinking I'm like doing make-believe and I think it was you know someone that had transition uh, spirit so I remember small imprints as a child of having these abilities. However, I grew up in um, an Irish Catholic family. So my mother was very Catholic and they absolutely do not believe in anything that anything that would be considered psychic is dark, right? It's dark energy, it's devil. You don't want to touch that. And there's, you know, you're a sinner, if, you know, you do that, all that, all that thing. So as I grew up, I definitely started to suppress it. And I don't even I don't think it was conscious. You know, I know it wasn't conscious. It was just something as I was growing up, it was occurring and I left it behind. Um, through my teenage years, my 20s, I never thought about any of this stuff. Never thought about energy, never thought about psychics. Again, was a total skeptic of it. And then after I had my daughter, when I was 31, uh, it was a really challenging time. I don't so as a mother, when I was pregnant, my friends like to remind me of this. <laughs> when I was pregnant, I had no idea what it was like to take care of a baby. So I thought I was going to have a baby and everything was going to be great. You know, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have a baby and I'm just going to like take her everywhere and it's just going to be so easy and she's going to be my buddy. I'm going to like put her on like a backpack. And then I had a baby and it was like, not that, right? It was really hard. I felt like my identity shattered the instant I gave birth to her. Uh, 
I just, I didn't know who I was anymore the moment I gave birth. And I went into um, a really deep postpartum depression for nine months. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One is I started a job two weeks after I gave birth at a company and worked full-time from home while taking care of my daughter, which like I recommend no one ever do that. It was way too much and very challenging. So nine months after I had her, I tend to describe it as my head just kind of came above water. I could feel like, oh, okay, I, I feel like maybe I know who Anna is now as a mother, right? But I still felt like I needed to kind of get away and collect all of who I was now. So a year after I gave birth to her, I was scrolling through Facebook on this feed and I see this, uh, this person that I had interviewed his wife for my podcast on meditation. And I just so happened to be his friend on Facebook. He was a spiritual teacher. His name is David Wagner. And he, he had posted one spot left on my India retreat, leaving in a month. And I remember seeing it and going, hmm, I'm going to go. And I like that night. My husband was coming home late because he, he was working a lot then. I had my daughter and he came down and he sat next to me on the couch and we're just talking about our day. And he's like, you know, how are you doing? And I was like, you know, I'm going to go to India in a month. And he was like, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, like didn't really, like just kind of blew me off that I was just saying it. And I was like, no, I already booked the ticket. I was like, so I'm going to be gone in a month and you're going to watch my daughter, you know, our kid for two weeks. I was like, so you better talk to your work. It was just kind of like this thing where I was like, I need a break. I need to go and remember who I am. So my husband was like, oh my goodness, you know? And I was just like, you need to work from home for two weeks. You need to figure this out. So I go to India, which is a crazy experience because you have to get a visa. I don't even know how I did it all in one month. I get on a plane to India, I get there. And I'm thinking I'm going to go on a retreat, even though it's called a spiritual pilgrimage. I'm thinking... I'm going on this retreat because I don't want to have to make any decisions for two weeks. I don't want to have to decide what's going to be for dinner. I just want everything to just be decided for me. And it's going to be like a spa. That's what I'm thinking, right? It's going to be so nice and relaxing. It was not. <laughs> so I go and this retreat is like hard spiritual work. And I'm like, what is going on? Every day we're going to like temples and I mean, Every single day we go further and further into areas of India that like people that people from outside of those towns have never been. So I'm walking into towns and I'm standing all of a sudden in um, places where I'm showering with buckets over my head. You know, I'm like staying in like hostels and stuff. And this like little kids on the street are just looking at me because they've never seen anyone that looks like me. Like that's how remote these towns are. And I'm just like every day getting kind of deeper and deeper and more present because there was, you couldn't have your phones, you couldn't have your computers. We hardly talked on this retreat uh, aside from the, the spiritual teacher that was talking. So I'm going through this experience and in the last town, cause we're going town to town, we, we land in a town called Alundi which is a town in India that I try to like ask people if they know about. And I, I swear I might've just dreamt it. Like that's how magical I think this place might be. No one ever knows where it is. Um, so we end up in this town, Alundi. And I remember as we're driving into the town, David Wagner, the, the teacher says, which he had said while we were driving into every town before that, 
can you feel the shift in the energy? Can you feel the shift in the energy? And at this time, I'm just like, can I curse on here? Is that yeah, okay? Yeah. Okay. Like at this point in my head, I'm just like, no, David, I can't fucking feel the energy. And like, I'm just, you know, like, I want to just like, you know, I don't know, relax and like be in a spa. I just, I don't want to, I was so against anything that I was experiencing, right? So I get into my room, I'm with my roommate and we're actually talking about this thing. Like, do you feel a change in the energy? Like what's going on? And we go, we get ready. And then we go to the temple. We had done this like at least 12 times by now. This is the second week, just a few, few days left in the retreat. We get ready and we walk towards the temple and we go through the town and we get in the temple. And again, I had done this so many times before. And in India, temples, I like to say that the lines in temples in India are like the lines in Disneyland. Like they like spiral around and there's a bunch and every day they go to the temple. So everyone from the town goes to the temple to touch the deity. It's a ritual, right? So you're, I'm going through this line and looking back, I can only describe it as this. As I'm going through this line, I start to drop into the deepest meditation I've ever felt. My eyes are still open. I'm walking through a line, but I start to drop into the space of consciousness unknowingly. So I go through the line, I touch the deity, and then we move into another space in the temple, which we had done many times before. You go through, you touch the deity, you move into a space, and then we all sit down and we meditate. This is the ritual of the retreat. So I'm used to it. But this time I sit down and there's people everywhere. Like I'm sandwiched next to the person next to me. There's, it's, there's like a hundred people in a small room. And I close my eyes to meditate. And I'm immediately dropped into like this black hole abyss. And two things had happened leading up to this point. Two different women at different temples had had two different experiences that is, these are both in my consciousness. The first one is that a woman started to have an experience where she felt like something was happening in her body, but she got self-conscious about how her body was gonna move because there was people around. She got self-conscious of what people might think. So she opened her eyes and she came out of the experience. So that's number one. Number two in my mind at this point is a woman who had had this pressure build up so much in her head that she felt like her head was going to explode. She got scared and she opened her eyes. Okay. So I have these two things. I've heard these women, many people have shared experiences on the retreat. So I'm in this dark abyss and within moments, I start to feel this electricity spark in my pelvis, go up my back and go over my shoulders. And every five seconds, it feels like I'm getting electrocuted. It's like, and it feels like an electrical blanket is putting over my, over my back over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm feeling it. And as it's happening, I'm physically shaking and I'm shoulder to shoulder with other people. So I know that I'm shaking into them. I know they can feel me vibrating. This pressure starts to build so much that then it comes from the bottom of my feet up through my legs, through my pelvis, and up to my head. And again, my whole body vibrating, getting literally feeling like I'm getting electrocuted. It was electricity. 
pulsing through my body. And as I'm shaking, I have a thought. I probably look ridiculous right now. I should probably open my eyes. People are going to think I'm weird because I'm physically shaking. And then I remember that woman's story, how she was nervous about how people, what they would think of her. And she opened her eyes and I thought, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to open my eyes. I'm going to stay in it. So I keep getting electrocuted, keep getting electrocuted. And the pressure builds up so much in my head that it feels as if my head is going to explode. And I mean that physically, like physically it felt, if I stay here, my head will most definitely explode. Like my brain was totally like, this is it. Like you, you're gonna, your head's gonna explode way too much electricity and pressure. And then I remembered the other woman's story as when she felt too much pressure in her head, she opened her eyes and came out of the experience. And again, I went, fuck it, let it explode. And I keep my eyes closed, build up all this pressure in my body and to the point where all of a sudden the pressure builds so much that it poof, turns into just like expansive darkness. And this is where it gets a little weird. So anyone that's listening, I know this sounds strange. Believe me, I would like totally hear this from a weird place if it didn't happen to me. But I see this almost liquid black, um, liquid black whirlpool in my pelvis. I can see it in my mind and it's starting to activate. It's starting to spin vigorously. And as it's spinning, it starts to build up through my spine, goes up to the crown of my head. And then I feel, and my father was an architect. So uh, there's, this, there's this tool that they use in architecture to create a circle. I can't remember the name, but it's one points in the center, one points on the side. And when you spin it, it creates a circle. And I see this tool on the top of my head. And what it's doing is creating a circle on my top of my head, almost like it's gonna crack the top of my head open. And I feel all this pressure build up, feel my head open and feel this swirl of black tornado around my body. Now, none of these visuals mean anything to me in this moment. Like I'm just in a totally different space. I don't even know if I'm really there to be honest, <laughs> but all this is happening. So all as all this is happening, all of a sudden, I get a tap on my shoulder and I open my eyes and it's David, the teacher. And he looks at me and I look at him and it's a very look of, he knows that I just had a crazy experience. I'm looking at him like, what the heck just happened to me? And he goes, it's time to go, right? It was time for everyone to leave that room and go into the outside of the temple area. So I stand up, walk outside. And within a second, I feel like I'm gonna throw up. And I like hurl over, nothing comes out, but I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna be sick. I go up within the next second, my whole body goes erect and I start hysterically laughing. And then I start walking and I just don't know. And, my, and David's looking at me cause he knows something, you know, I, I'm just off my rocker. Like I have no idea something is happening to my body. But the interesting thing is, is that I'm still getting electrocuted. So every five seconds, electricity is still going through my body. So then I just start walking around. It's late at night. Everyone's trying to ask me what happened. What happened in the temple? What happened to you? You were shaking. I had meditation envy. What happened? You got to tell us. And I'm just like, I can't talk. Don't, I can't, I can't. I, there are, I have no words. I'm still getting electrocuted. 
So I go to bed that night, still getting electrocuted, fall asleep, wake up the next morning, still getting electrocuted. Go sit down with the group. We have sat sung, which is, you know, just talking. David asked me to tell the group what happened to me, what's happening to me. I explained to him what happens to me. And he tells me then that I experienced this thing. I had no idea what it was. It's called Kundalini awakening. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but Kundalini awakening is an energy that is locked in your pelvis in all of our pelvises. And when it is ignited and can dance up the pelvis to the crown chakra, it ignites intuition, it ignites your psychic abilities, it ignites powers, whatever you want to call it. And as David's telling me this, I'm kind of listening to it in one ear and out the other, because I'm like, well, I'm not feeling any powers. I'm just feeling I'm getting electrocuted. and I'm starting to like really worry about it. Right. <laughs> and we go to breakfast that day. And in India, one of the cuisines that they have for breakfast is soup. And I'm eating soup. And literally as I'm eating the soup, it's shaking off of the spoon because I'm getting electrocuted. Like I'm physically still shaking. And I look at David and I'm like, okay, listen, like this isn't funny anymore. I'm not, I'm not entertained. You got to tell me what's going on. Like, is this my life? Like, am I going to be shaking for the rest of my life? Like you have to tell me. And we have a conversation about it. I keep telling people it's in the ground. I'm like, this electricity is in the ground. It must have came from the ground. It must've came from that temple and it got into my body and that's it. And like, once I leave here, it's going to, it's going to go away. And they're like, no, it's in you. It's in you. And I'm like, no, 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 It's in the ground. It's in the ground. It's not mine. It's in the ground. So. I go to the airport the next day. I'm the first one to leave. I was leaving a day before everyone else. Get in the airport, clean myself off in the bathroom, switch into clothes, get on the airplane. As the, the wheels of the airplane are leaving, I'm still getting electrocuted. And I was like, shit, it's in me. So from that day forward, I came home to my daughter and my husband and I started to have very strange experiences. What those were is that all of a sudden I could hear people's thoughts. I could see things that you're not supposed to see or that most people don't see or that I didn't <laughs> see before, whatever category you want to say. Or like what, like spirits or what are you talking like? Yeah, everything. So energy, energy, meaning like colors around people, what we say is the aura or the field, um, people which come in different forms, shapes, and sizes, um, hearing things. So hearing people's thoughts, but also hearing messages, hearing information. Hearing is a very big one of mine. I'm, I would say my strongest is hearing and then knowing. So knowing is the hardest. I would just know things about people for no reason. It was <laughs> such a trip. Um, and feel things, right? Like feeling other people's feeling, feeling things in their body. So for two years after that, I really tried um, to find someone to talk to about this experience, to find people that had had this experience, to really make sense of what was going on with me because I was such a skeptic and because I heavily um, respect and agree with science. I was try constantly trying to figure out, well, what is this? What, what is a curb? What's the science behind it? How can we figure it out? Which led to me diving into so many books, which led to me eventually finding, thank goodness, my mentor and training with other energy work and psychic people so that I could understand what was happening to me and find the tools to turn it off. Because that was the biggest issue. 
<laughs> it was just on all the time, which was really exhausting and really overwhelming for obvious reasons. But I needed to have the tools to be able to turn it on when I needed it, turn it off when I didn't, have good boundaries with it, right? Not just for myself, but for others. I mean, it's very unethical to just be like hearing other people's thoughts, like what an intrusion, you know? And I didn't want to be intrusive. So I gained through the years, all these tools of how to turn on, how to turn off, how to um, clear my energy, how to ground my energy, how to do all the kind of healthy things that people don't really know about to take care of it. Um, so that's kind of been my journey. And that obviously turned into then me wanting to share this and support other people with opening theirs and with taking care of it as well. It's a very yeah. long story. <laughs> oh, no, that was, uh, that was very good. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> some of the things I want to bring up I think one of them though going back before you said you fell into that state uh when you're in the temple you said that you yeah. fell into like a like everything became dark and then yes did you feel like you were falling or what was it like to just shift into all of a sudden uh you know when so when I was walking I didn't feel like I was falling I felt as if I stopped becoming so aware like I stopped being so aware of my reality, of my thoughts, of my feelings. It was more of like an expansiveness where I started to feel connected more. If you meditate really deep, it's kind of this space of just expansiveness. When you lose sight, you're no longer in this con confine of your body or your mind, I guess we should more say. Like you're not constantly listening to your thoughts they're not creating your reality. You're just in the space of expansiveness. And then when I sat down, it just became even deeper. And then it became more embodied. It's almost like all of that came in in a very weird way. It's so hard to describe. Uh, but what's interesting about it is I remember probably five years ago, I shared on Facebook when I was kind of like opening my business and coming out of the closet, I guess you could say as an intuitive and a, and a psychic. And I was really nervous about it because again, I was, I had all these judgments about it, even though I was experiencing it. And I remember posting about it. And under this post, all these people started writing stuff and they're like, oh, well, we always knew that you've always been that way. And I'm like, what? And I remember this one woman that I used to work with like 10 years ago. And she's like, yeah, don't you remember? when my like dead mom came to you and I was like, oh yeah. And like gave me a message and I gave it to you. So it's interesting. These things, I think before this experience in India, I think I was always that way, but I never looked at it as any special way. I was just kind of like, oh, well, yeah. Doesn't everyone like kind of see dead people sometimes, you know, and like give messages and hear things and just like follow their guts. And, you know, it's just this yeah, totally thing. normal. Yeah, totally normal. So I, this other guy, so I used to be a bartender and this other guy wrote me and he was like, oh yeah, you've always been intuitive. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, every time that I would walk in to a shift, you would always know if I had sex the night before. It was like something I would, you know, but I would always be like, what'd you do last night? I would always know, <laughs> but it was before any of this ever happened. So it's just so strange. And I think that's one of the things that, because now looking back, I can see I've always been that way. I think a that's a lot of people's stories. I think a lot of us are very intuitive. I think a lot of us have these abilities. And I think we don't even realize that we have them or we shut them down, right? And just don't have them open. So, 
yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, I think, or with, with, um, with the energy stuff, like you starting to unpack that, what's very interesting about it is, um, I think I've had similar experiences myself. So like the pressure in your head that you're talking about, you feel like your head's gonna explode. That is very scary to go through actually. I've almost felt like I was, yeah, going to lose my mind. Um, yeah. Oh, what and, happened? Can you share the story? I wanna hear. Well, I didn't go all the way through though, that's the thing. But oh, okay. I, I know what you're talking about when, you, when you're saying the electricity and stuff. Yeah. I've never had a specific kundalini thing happen, mm -hmm. but I meditate a lot to where my body feels like it's electric. Yeah. <laughs> um, like also <laughs> like things will get deeper and then all of a sudden, like, I feel like this huge, this energy just scan my entire body and just like infuse me with electricity. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll go out of my body and then I'll go into higher realms and then I'll go from like not feeling the electricity and then I'll look up and then I'll see light and then I'll go towards that light and then my body will just start like vibrating as soon as it sees it. So it's, yeah. uh, it's very interesting when you start to, sh I mean, when did you, when did you start meditating? I, I mean, you did yeah. it at the retreat, but like, when did you start making it a discipline for you? Um, right before I had my daughter is when I did it. So over seven years ago. Um, and that was daily. It was a non-negotiable when I was pregnant and I never stopped. So I've been meditating every day, daily for over seven years. And that is by the way, Kundalini, you know, now that I know more about it is a byproduct of meditation. So most, not most, but a lot of traditions, they, they say to meditate so that you can hit that spiritual awakening of kundalini awakening and the more and more that you meditate it will activate that energy so that what you're experiencing when you're saying that you're experiencing the electricity in meditation that is a byproduct the more that you meditate you will start to experience that i think that mine was a combination of i was already a heavy meditator so i'd already been meditating for a long time i co-founded a meditation app that I worked at for yeah. five years. So I knew, I mean, I was on podcasts all the time talking about meditation. I was well seeped into meditation. And so I think in that experience in India, I was well seeped in meditation, but then also it had to do with the space that I was in. So the actual location had a lot of spiritual energy. I guess you could say again, something yeah. I would never believe in if it didn't happen to me. But I think it was a combination of those two that ignited that Kundalini in me. But just so you know, if you keep meditating, it might happen. So oh, I, I don't know. open your eyes. Don't open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, um, and you, you talked about like the opening the abilities too. Like I've always been that way too, where I'll know someone's like thinking about me or I know like it's it's very obvious. I'm more, I have more of a nonchalant attitude towards it now, whereas before I'm just like, oh, I, I know something about you. Or now it's just like, yeah, so I mean, it's whatever. Yeah, but that is how it works. That is how it works. You know, like we can feel or sense when other people are thinking about us. We can, um, we can hear, you know, what other their thoughts or just even, I mean, have you ever had the experience where someone is saying something to you, like someone's acting really happy and they're talking to you, but you're like, this person is so angry. Like, I feel like I can hear their angry thoughts, but they're smiling and you're just like, what? It's like the weirdest thing. 
that's a form of intuition, right? Because you drew, do you, you feel are, it in your body. Do you feel it in your body or are you just like thinking it? Like, what is it so for you? For me, it's, it's all. So it could be, I can hear it. I could feel it in my body. I can, because I've been doing it for so long, it's almost like I have all these different strings that I can pull. So if I'm trying to um, understand what's going on in your body, the first thing that I'll do is I'll zero my intuitive um, seeing to see the part in your body. So I'll like zero in on it. Wow. Then I'll feel it. I'll activate my body to feel the sensation. Your heart? And then- Is that your no, heart? No. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yes and no. So good question to say the heart. Um, so yes, in my experience, I believe, first off, I believe that intuition is everywhere in the body, but I believe that the hub of it, the hub of information comes from the heart. And that's because the heart, so the brain, we, we tend to think is this really kind of the powerhouse of our body. But when you look at it from an electromagnetic standpoint, it's actually the heart. The heart is five times stronger in electromagnetic than the brain five times stronger. That's a lot. And the reason is, is because there's way more cells in a closer space in the heart than in the brain. And the more cells in a more confined area, the stronger the vibration will be. So intuition, when we kind of receive intuitive information, we can receive it through the heart, but we can move to other spaces in the body or outside of the body to receive information as well. That's why I think intuition is... I mean, I'm, I'm really happy that I feel like more science is being done right now on intuition. However, I feel that there, a lot of the science is looking towards the brain rather than the full body, or they're a look only towards the brain and the gut, right? Because the gut is known as like the second brain. And we think of gut sense when it comes to intuition. However, in my experience with people that I've worked with, with teachers, my mentor, it's all over the body. It's not just in one place. And it's also outside the body. You can project outside of your body. So it's, it's challenging to say exactly where it is. And I always encourage my students to play, right? I'm like, just play. Like, think if you're like a kid and you zoom in. And the other day I read my friend yesterday and I felt that her wrist, I was like, what's up with your wrist? And what happened is I zoomed in, felt something in my body about her wrist. And then I heard that her wrist hurt that she had like done yoga and her wrist didn't feel good. And then all this ended up to be true, right? So it's using all the different tools, all the different intuitive tools, whether it's hearing, seeing, sensing, feeling, knowing, smelling, tasting, you can use all different ones um, to receive the information. Yeah, like, or like to lay it out also, like I consider like aware your awareness, like the all seeing eye. So like, you can be aware of your hands to your to your head to your heart like you can be aware of just anything yes like just focus on it or whatever so so when you talk about like your whole body is like a mechanism to be aware it's like when you kind of settle into that awareness then it's like then you start seeing from multiple angles and multiple perceptions and so it's yeah. just like you have so many eyes that that everywhere so you're always right. seeing that's why people say, you know, you got eyes in the back of your head sometimes or, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it's really just awareness and yes. being aware of the feels all around you and touching them and stuff. So. Right. Yeah. I love that you, I love that you zoom in on awareness because to me, that is like 
the ultimate tool when it comes to intuition. You have to be aware. If you're not aware that intuition exists, if you're not paying attention, right, then you're not going to, you're not going to hear it. You're not going to sense it. You're not going to feel it. You have to practice the awareness piece or else there's no point. And so many times people will be like, how do I tap into my intuition? How do I connect with my intuition? I'm like, have you opened to it? Like, have you sat down and even opened yourself to listen to what it might be saying? Right? Because it's not so many times people will be, will think that intuition is kind of this really bad thing that you can see or a really good thing that you can see. Like people are scared of their intuition, right? And I had a friend once that she, she told me, she was like, oh, I don't, I don't do intuition stuff. And I was like, why? And she was a good friend. She was like, and I love when people say that. So I get really curious. And she's like, well, I was driving on the highway once and I saw a plane crash next to me. She was like, and I swear to God, Anna, I swear to God it happened, but it didn't. Like, I swear I saw it. She's like, and the next day it happened. And she was like, in the exact same spot, that plane crash happened. And I saw it the day before. And I was like, okay. I said, listen, like intuition is information, right? If I say, say you were born and they were, and whoever, source, God, whatever you want to say, great, that's biology. I don't know. Say you were asked, do you want to be able to see through your physical eyes? Right. And you say, right, well, what's going to happen if I see through my physical eyes? Well, you'll see sometimes really bad stuff. And sometimes you'll see good stuff. But at the end of the day, you'll be able to perceive the world through sight, which is a gift, right? But it comes with knowing that sometimes everything that you see won't be beautiful, that you're here to experience. So it's the same with intuition. You know, people get scared in opening it because they're scared of seeing bad things. They're scared of seeing dark spirits or they're scared of seeing, you know, future things that they, that like this plane crash, they're scared of sometimes hearing the truth, right? Like the truth can be really scary and we'll avoid it. But if you can use your intuition, just as you use your physical eyes, to just experience the world, to experience other people and to understand that it's all just information. It's all neutral at the end of the day. It's the meaning that you put behind it, right? But if you can look at it as just information, well, then you're using just a beautiful tool that perhaps you haven't been harnessing through your life. Perhaps it's been suppressed, but it's just another sense. That's all it is, but it's a beautiful tool in this life to be able to open it just as you open your eyes and can see. Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. So when it comes to suppression, I mean, I think technology suppresses it because oh, yeah. you externalize the ability. I think religion also suppresses it, as, suppresses it as well because then you don't necessarily use your, your free will to, I mean, it contradicts itself, I would say. So, but so religion is one thing. I'm trying yeah. to think of what are some other things that would, a suppressant to intuition well so definitely technology because it's constantly distracting us so anything that distracts us is going to take us away from our intuition right so not just technology but also we can look at it as like advertising right is going to 
it's going to suppress our intuition because if we're kind of being fed all these advertisements that are telling us what we want, well, then we're not really tuning in to what we actually need or what we actually want. So it's, it's also, you know, it's how we perceive the world around us, whether it's advertising, whether it's people, a big thing for me, even after I opened my abilities and was experiencing all this stuff, I was a huge doubter of my experience I was having. And I would try to talk to certain people about it to be like, listen, like I'm experiencing this so strange. And a lot of people were like, no, that's just your imagination. Like that's not real, you know? And I was just like, okay. And I would believe them. So I think it's also other people can suppress it, right? And that could be religion. If they're telling you that's not real, that's not something you should listen to. That's dark, that's evil, whatever it is. But then also a lot of other people, if they don't understand it, what we don't understand, we like to just suppress because we can't make sense of it. And that's the really hard part about intuition is that more often than not, it will not make sense. It will, because it's the absence of con conscious reasoning and conscious reasoning is how we make sense of something, right? Intuition just comes in and it doesn't come with a right or wrong. It doesn't come with a manual as to whether it's good or bad. It just is. It's just this information that is. And then you, it's almost like you're giving this information and then it's really up to you what you do with it. You could either use it and follow it and see what happens or you could not, right? So it's religion, it's technology, it's advertising, it's other people. And in a lot of ways, it's yourself. Those are all the ways that you can suppress, suppress intuition. Yeah. So, so when you're receiving information, like intuitive information, I mean, it, it seems like you'd be pretty in touch with, say, for example, like, and it, you get information on someone that probably sticks to your body. Then like, do you notice like when it would like all of a sudden like get blocked in you or like maybe it would affect you in some kind of way? And do you know how to, how have you dealt with like and process through information? Like, um, uh, maybe it's negative let's just say negative energy yeah like if it's negative it comes towards you yeah so a lot of what i'll say is i i believe what you're saying is or we could put it around the label of being an empath okay so empaths tend to take on other people's energy and it sticks to them and why first off i can see it like in the fields of people that it happens. And second off, I used to be one of them. So I know what it feels like. <laughs> I am an empath, but I used to be an empath that didn't have good boundaries. And that would happen to me as well. So yeah, the energy will come in. Stick is a really good word. It doesn't necessarily stick to your body. It could stick to, we have fields around our bodies and they're categorized by different fields. So like there's emotional body, the mental body, the emotional body obviously has emotions. The mental body obviously has like the thoughts, right? So depending on what it is, it will stick to different spots. So let's say that someone um, had a negative thought about me, okay? And they're like, you know what? I just don't like her she's too loud, which I'm definitely not loud, but whatever. So say someone thinks they're totally wrong. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so say someone thinks that I'm loud and I consciously or unconsciously receive that information. Cause a lot of this is unconscious. If you're not super aware, 
as your language, then this is just going to happen unconsciously to me. This thought is going to come in. It's going to stick to my mental field. Okay. And then I'm going to start to feel like, well, I should probably be a little more quiet because I'm loud. Right. Like I, I need to tune myself down. Right. Because I'm loud and it kind of creates a belief. You can put it in that it puts a belief about yourself. Now that belief wasn't true a second ago, but now it's true because it's in your field. So when that happens, you a become aware of it. You notice, okay, well, I did have this thought that this person thought that I was being loud. They didn't say it out loud, but I, I felt that that's what they were thinking, or I heard that that's what they were thinking, whatever it is, how you receive intuitive information. And maybe I took that on. Maybe I took that on as a belief. And now I'm feeling like I'm loud all the time. And I can feel it's affecting me because I'm talking a lot quieter and I'm not really expressing myself the way that I would normally express myself. So you want to become aware of all these things. And then usually what I'll do with, with people, with myself, is that I'll walk through this thing of like, is it true? That's what I tend to ask. Well, is it true? Are you loud? Right? I know I'm not loud. Usually people are leaning in trying to hear me. Um, so no, it's not true. Right? So then I go, okay, it's not true. I'm going to release this from my field. How I would do this, and listen, there are so many different ways to do this, but this is how I teach it, is I would then visualize this imprint, this sticker, whatever you want to call it, this block, negative energy to release from my field and be released out. Okay. So I would just like watch it or I would feel it leave depending on how you experience it, experience it. But the thing is, is that you have to be so aware and you have to clear yourself every day. If you're someone that's very empathic because you're constantly picking up on other people's stuff. And that's something that I teach all the time. Like clearing is one of the biggest things that you can do. If every night you can just energetically just feel yourself being cleared of any thoughts that people thought about, of your own thoughts that you think about, of your emotions, of other people's emotions, of people just being in your field. Like if you're constantly thinking about someone, let me tell you, they're in your field. If you're constantly like getting just information, yeah, that person probably is thinking of you and they're probably in your field and you're probably in theirs if you're thinking about them a lot. So these things that we think like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just weird. Or when someone calls you, when you were just thinking about that person, it's because it's all connected, right? But the thing is, is that we want to have our fields clear so that we can serve better. We need just our energy in our field, not anybody else's, not something else's, not a location's energy, anything. We just want our own energy. So then we can be at the best of our capacity right? To be able to go support out in the world. So that's one thing that I'm constantly teaching. It's just like, you have to clear, you have to clear other people. And it's so funny. I teach this one thing. I just got to tell you, I teach this one thing that's called cutting, um, cutting cords, energetic cords. Okay. A lot of us have energetic cords with other people. That's a lot with when you're thinking of someone all the time, you probably have an energetic cord with them. And they have yeah, an energetic like, cord with you. It's like their unique essence kind of thing. Yes. And the energy could, there. it's usually one person creates the cord. And this is all unconscious, right? Because it always makes me laugh to think about if this was conscious. Like we're just walking around, like <laughs> plugging into other people. Like obviously that's not happening. 
but it's unconscious, right? We, if we love someone, we connect an energetic cord with them, right? And it's probably towards their heart. But this energy, you could either be pushing your energy onto someone through that cord, or you could be taking someone's energy into you, like receiving energy into you. And that can seem really great when it's love, right? You're like, well, it's love. Like, this is great. This cord should totally be there. It's like, yes. And you don't need someone else's energy in your field to experience love. Like you are just love. And the way to be able to love someone else is to be completely filled with your own energy, your own love. So then you don't need anything from anyone else. You're just sharing your love, right? But what's mm -hmm. funny about this energetic cord session, because it's like in my training, it's one of the sessions. Whenever someone comes up to this one, I swear to God, they avoid this session, like the plague. They never want to <laughs> cut cords. People do not want to cut cords because they benefit them in some way. You know what I mean? Either they're like yeah. receiving <laughs> something or they're like feeling like they're in control of someone else. So it's always this funny thing where I'm like, people are like, oh, I can't. <laughs> last minute, I can't make this session. I'm like, here we go. You don't want to cut a cord. It's happening. You know? So it's, it's a very funny thing when we think about how we exchange energy and, and our own beliefs around it, you know, how we don't want to not be connected, but it's really healthy to just have your energy. Well, it's actually pretty scary to, I would say, I mean, for some people it'd be very scary because when I've done some of that stuff, like cutting cords and stuff, it's, yeah. it almost opens up a vacuum in your heart. And you have to kind of get sucked into that yourself and actually find out like what's in there. So it can be kind of frightening because when you get, when you're getting sucked into the depths of your own heart, you're just like, I've never been here before and it's vacant. And then oh. now you have to kind of like fill that space, um, not with that person or with that thing or situation. So, yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I can actually feel when you did that. Wow. That's so intense. The experience that you had with that wow oh, um sorry <laughs> i started seeing it and experiencing it as you were saying it uh yeah i think that's such a i love that you said a vacuum because i think that that's how it feels because right our chakras which is where we usually connect cords they are vortexes and a vacuum is a really good other explanation of what it is right it's spinning energy and it feels as if, yes, you are getting sucked inside of your own self, your own love. But this time you have to start building and filling yourself up, which is so scary, right? Because you don't have anyone else to lean on to fill it up for you. It is work. And it's really trusting. I mean, I think one of the hardest things that all of us can do is actually love ourselves. Like it is so hard for us to love ourselves. But imagine if everyone did, like what that would feel like, what that would look like if we were all just filled with our own love and we weren't trying to get anything from anyone else, it would be such a different experience, right? So I love that, oh man, you've just done so much healing around your heart. I'm getting so much stuff from you right now. Wow. Um, that wasn't too long ago. And yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. Whew, okay. <laughs> Whew, okay. Wow. Oh, she's still in your life and your awareness. <laughs> Actually, I set an intention this month that I was 
that I'm gonna heal certain things. So that's that's why it happened recently. So, ah, that's yeah. a beautiful intention. You're yeah. doing it. You're really oh, yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah. You're in the healing part for sure, for sure. Yeah. Wow, good for you. Congrats. That's that's hard work that you're doing. So much. Uh, I admire you for for what you're doing and acknowledge you even more so. Yeah. Thank Sorry, you. sometimes I can't control it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. No control here. Just, I have my hands back like this too. I'm not trying to control anything. Well, All right, Anna. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. And um, my last question is, where can people find you and connect oh, with you? Yeah. So um, Instagram, my website. So my Instagram handle, and this is really important because there's a lot of fake accounts is my full name, which is Anna, A-N-N-A, Gannon, G-A-N-N-O-N, and then the word here, H-E-R-E. And then my website is just my name. So at, or AnnaGannon.com. You can come hang with me, get a reading, do a training, just say hello. (laughs) Yeah. Be connected. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. It's so good connecting with you. (laughs) 